But we've seen one life change that has been amazing. She's been a part of our staff here. She volunteers, she serves, and uh, God's done some crazy work in her life. So you guys please welcome Adelina as she comes up to share with us. Thank you. All right. Okay, I think, can you guys hear me? Yeah, okay, that's cool. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to say hi. My name's Adelina. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. And I'm here um, celebrating uh, victory over sexual and emotional abuse. So, hi, guys. Hi. Let me go ahead and pray for us. Thank you, Scott. I need that. So, (laughs) let me go ahead and pray for us. Lord, I just... uh, I just thank you more than anything what you do in this room. I mean, there's so much that goes with these victories in in this room, Lord. There's a lot that happens. And Lord, I just pray that tonight that they, just everyone in this room sees you. That through this ceremony, that it's solely about nothing with what I have to bring, Lord, but it's your story. And so, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit is in this room. I pray that everyone that's out here, even the first timer, they see you in this. And so, Lord, take all my anxiety away, and may you just be glorified today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, I'm going to start off with a scripture. It's Psalm 18, 1 and 2. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield and the power that saves me. He's my place of safety. As a little girl, all I wanted was love, protection, and safety. However, the the things that mattered most to my family were always worldly possessions, money, and a hard uh, work ethic. However, it states in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. However, growing up, we were never told about the Lord's truth and how to apply it to our lives. We also lack the understanding of love and empathy. But my parents, it's not their fault, as they were never given the true meaning of what a relationship with the Lord meant. And... So instead, we just became a super dysfunctional family with all different types of issues. Coping, there was no coping skills. In fact, the only coping mechanism that we had was by running away. We wanted to run away from the pain and the hurt. And the family motto was, get over it and let's just move on. We avoided emotions and we were determined to never let them define us. However, I learned that stuffing my emotions and moving forward always left me with unresolved forgiveness with those that hurt me and with myself. In fact, I'll own up to it that I run way more often than I should be sticking it out. Growing up, my house was filled with physical abuse, alcohol, parties, and countless police visits. I remember police officers showing up at my house asking my mom questions such as, so how did you receive the broken arm, black eye, and bruises? And her response was always, I fell. As a little girl, I really did not understand why this was happening, and all I could do was cry myself and hide in my room with the headphones on, hoping that I can drown out every sound that they were making from the violent attacks that my dad was doing towards my mom. 
I was such a stressed out little girl, biting every nail down to a bloody stub and internally holding everything inside of me. That just turned into a sad, sad little girl. I just wanted to run away from it all. And that's exactly what we did. My mom decided one day she was done with all the abuse and all of the adultery that she decided to pack us up and let's head over to my grandma's house. Now my grandma, she welcomed us in her home. In fact, she had such amazing meals that I know there was a tons of love in them, but there was also a ton of cholesterol in them. <laughs> so I gained probably about 20 pounds or so in that, <laughs> that week. But even when I felt overwhelmed, she had a peace about her. She knew the Lord, and she knew every time that we were at the dinner table that the Lord was there beside us. However, the peace vanished as quickly as it was given. You see, my earthly father, to gain control over my mom, would terrorize her. The terror almost led to her going back to, it would always lead to going back to fear and would continue the ever, never-ending cycle of returning to the danger. I remember one peaceful day, I was at the kitchen table with my mom and grandma when my mom rushed out the door and all of a sudden flames come flying from her car. My dad had lit my mom's car on fire to warn her that she's not gonna be safe no matter where she goes. I lived in so much fear and no matter where I was, I felt unsteady. And within a few days, we were back home with my father. The fights escalated and there were countless times my dad would pull a knife in attempts to kill my mom. It was by far the scariest situation I've ever been in. To see your mom almost die in front of you is something a child should never, ever see. I am so thankful my brother protected us, but I also know the Lord was there because she would not be alive today. I remember thoughts racing in my mind like, why are we living through this? Why do I have to go through this abuse? And I remember begging my mom, can we just leave? However, one traumatic event after another, another happened. And again, we just coped by stuffing and moving past it like it never existed. My parents always wanted us to stay quiet about our problems and we were never allowed to talk about our emotions. This caused me to become super silent about everything, my needs too. I stopped speaking just when I thought things could not get any worse, they did. At this time, I had someone in my family bullying me and making fun of me. He would say things like, look at her, she has a disability. Look how dumb she looks. He tried hiding behind his sin because what he was doing in front of my family was all fun and games. However, what he was doing to me in secret was stripping away every childhood memory I had left. You see, those years ago, when he would babysit my sister and I, he would settle my sister to eat her breakfast and take me in a separate room, placing his hands under my dress and sexually molesting me. In a frozen shock, I still was able to find some kind of courage to speak up. I tried reaching for the only person I knew that I thought would protect me, and that was my mother. And so I told her exactly what happened, and what she said to me was shocking. She said, please stop lying, don't even go there. I was so shocked. That's when it led me down a cycle that I could not get out of. It changed me and I became such a quietly, socially awkward girl. 
As people saw me different, I also was bullied at school. I remember one day I would take it, I, would not ta- I couldn't take it anymore. And I grabbed the bully by the shirt to put a good scare in her. But I pushed, as I pushed her against the school hallway, I started to see the emotion come over her. As she was sitting against the wall in tears, begging me to stop. And to be honest, in that very moment, I saw myself as my dad. The crazy thing is the school principal knew how great of a student I was that I never got in trouble. My high school years were a mess, and I cheated on every boy, slept around, and numbed out the pain of what I was truly feeling. I was a hard teenager with such a tough exterior. I felt so ugly that my high school years felt numb and unreal. I got involved in sports, and that's about all I was excelling in. Work ethic, that was important. I realized the harder I worked, the more I was rewarded. This is when I took sports to another level by doing everything to excel. However, mentally, I was still struggling. I was such an angry teenager, just wondering when the chaos would just stop. I wanted someone to hear me and hear my voice for the first time. I remember in coping with the pain, I would run miles with tears in my eyes in hopes to drown out all of the anxiety I was facing. I was also choosing one sin after another. My parents caught me sleeping around, and in the nun state, I literally wanted to end my life. I felt like I was done chasing love, like I was chasing love, but I felt empty every time. I had thought of ending my life on countless occasions. So one day, I grabbed the sharpest knife in hopes to cut my wrist. My mom caught me and grabbed the knife, throwing it on the floor, and laughed and said, just do it. As I saw the knife on the floor, I could not comprehend what was happening to me. I remember my grandmother's words, and I just started crying, and I heard as a small voice say, thank him. So I prayed and thanked him for my life. But I really didn't know of this Lord my grandmother spoke to me about. I didn't have a firm foundation or know of this loving father. However, I could not take much more. So I did the only thing I knew, and that was run away. I ran away from home at age 18 with a man 16 years older than me. I was chasing an older man to find the void and sadness my earthly father left me with. It lasted for six years. I got pregnant within two years of being together. I thought he loved me, and when he found out I was pregnant, he took off for a week. So much for love. I just needed help. And at this time, my parents divorced, and my mom did the next best thing, and she put us into family counseling. This is where I learned to forgive my earthly father. And, it healed, it, it, and the healing led me to leave my daughter's dad. From the adultery in the relationship on both parties to the addiction to his pornography and the constant times he told me he would change, I, I couldn't do it anymore. However, the Lord blessed me as a mom, and I'm thankful for my relationship with my daughter. A year after our separation, I tried so hard to fill that empty void inside me. Alcohol tried to creep in, and I partied almost every weekend for a year, but realized it was just destroying the deep void inside of me. I turned to the next thing, which was sports. At this point, I met a few friends at volleyball that told me they had been attending Big Valley Grace for 10 years, 
And if you're looking for a church, they said this is the place to be. I also met Kevin. He loved serving the Lord, and, and I saw something different in him that I respected. We honored the Lord with all we did and loved God first. And in an instant, I started to realize my life was changing. Pastor Rick at the time was delivering a message, and he said, Though your earthly father has failed you, your heavenly father will never fail you. He sent his son for you. It's as if I were the only person in, sitting in the worship center, and I just started crying. I instantly fell to my feet, and that's when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That Easter 2011, I was baptized, and that sweet grandma of mine was the first to be invited. I was so thankful she was there for that vital part of my life. However, the family did not know Kevin, and they soon got to know him quickly. My mom did all she could to get us our first apartment, and as fast as the idea of coming together happened, the faster he lost interest. A few days later, I found out for nine months he was with a 19-year-old woman. And in an instant, I completely lost trust in men. The next year was one of the hardest years I had to go through. But how I was coping with a broken heart was with work ethic, jumping straight into serving the church and becoming so busy that I could numb out really how I felt. All that was doing was creating a ministry mask. Sorry, I lost my, my place. So it created a ministry mass, and in that, that moment, I also lost my retail job, my studio apartment, my car. I realized I wanted to serve more than actually heal. However, however, at the time, I had to look for a job, and that's when my director at the children's ministry mentioned that they were hiring teacher aides for the Big Valley Christian Preschool. I got hired on two weeks later. I realized I loved working with kids That was such a passionate ministry for me. So I started going back to school and completing my units to become a preschool teacher. However, who knew God had marriage on the table for me? This is when I met Larry. I know he was not prepared for this Latina woman who's got a really tough guard. He was not ready for that. But I was far from perfect, and I know that. I know I was still healing from heartbreak of my previous relationship and had major trust issues. Then I was approached by Pastor Tim with the most amazing opportunity. He asked me if I would be interested in joining the Big Valley family and be a part of the early childhood ministry. You see, I was going back to school as a preschool teacher, but I guess the Lord had other plans. Because only a few months later, I was offered the ministry job. I was in shock as God wanted to use me. I totally understand you, Scott Miller. I don't know why he wanted to use me. But tears of joy flooded my face. Then Larry proposed, and I almost knocked him over the moment he asked, Will you be my wife? I thank the Lord for this moment. We were married September 24, 2016 here at Big Valley Grace. But marriage, that's a whole different ball game. I will tell you, it's not easy for two people who need recovery and have a blended family. At the time, 
My husband was not attending CR and I was attending Celebrate Recovery every Tuesday night. I was changing, but he was left wondering, where did his fun codependent wife go? (laughs) It was hard and we still struggle today. I wish I could say we are two perfect people, but we're not. And I started my second, at this point, I started my second step study. The first step study I did, I really did not go as deep as I wanted to. It wasn't until the second step study that I realized the power of humility. James 4.10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. For the first time, I laid my true authentic self, makeup off, everything off. (laughs) I was like, however, one day I had to leave ministry early. My heart was racing. I completely collapsed in fear onto my living room floor. I was having a panic attack. And because of the shares of the group of the ladies before, I had a memory flash back to me about my sexual abuse. Crazy what trauma can do, and I realized what was happening to me in an instant. The night I asked my, that I asked my husband to meet for coffee that night, and I was struggling big time in my marriage, and I just realized in that moment why. This is when I told him about my sexual abuse. I thanked him for his kind demeanor and the way he held me that night made me feel so safe. Intimacy was super hard for us and suddenly he realized it all made sense. I told him I needed some additional counseling so I asked him if he would be a part of a meeting I wanted, I wanted with Scott Stubborn. Gosh, I told myself I wasn't gonna cry. In that meeting, I could not have been more thankful for what Scott did for me. He listened with no shame or disgrace, and the love he showed me was remarkable. I know God was in that meeting room working right through him. Scott has preached about safety and recovery, and in that very moment, I never felt so safe. Scott, thank you for that meeting, and thank you for the counseling I was able to receive from the very trauma that crippled me for years. Thank you for working so hard in making this ministry possible, for loving people as Jesus calls you to love. I also know I was hurting for other reasons I never realized. As I told my friend Julie about my abuse, she helped realize my mother was not there to protect me. She gave me something I'll never forget. She gave me love like a mother during a time I needed that most. Julie, I thank you for crying with me. I got to experience the love of a mom for the first time in my life, and it was all because you genuinely cared for me. Big Valley has, done, has some amazing men and women of God, and I'm so thankful for your time and space for me. I just wish at the time I felt health, healthy enough to reach out for more support within ministry. At that time, I didn't even know I was experiencing PTSD and anxiety. Then I was hit with a bomb that weekend after ministry. I received a phone call that my grandma was in the hospital and she was not doing well. I rushed over to the hospital and as I was holding my grandma's hand, the nurse walked in and told me, your grandma has lung cancer, there's really nothing else we could do for her. In an instant, I was heartbroken. All these things were happening and unraveling faster than I ever could have expected. Three days later, she went home to be with the Lord. After the funeral, I jumped back into ministry 
and the reality of Big Valley starting a new campus was becoming real. I was now being led to lead two different ministries. However, when you add grief, counseling, mental illness, a marriage that's struggling, my responsibilities as a mom and the workload of two campus, it just became too heavy. Had I only come in humility, instead I put a mask like everything was just fine. But again, God brought Scott to help support me during that vital part of ministry. My brother knows me well and he knew something was off. The added pressure of everything was affecting my mental being. I would walk onto campus with such anxiety but never really doing anything to ask for help. My marriage was struggling. My teens at home also saw absent mom. My PTSD was an extreme high. I remember one time when my husband and I were getting ready for bed, he went to turn and in the turn he pulled my hair. I reacted with so much anger that I just started punching him. He was in complete shock. I immediately started crying and I told him, I'm so sorry. I then told him I was completely set off by the way you pulled my hair. And for a few moments, tears flooded my face and I didn't know what was happening. In an instant, a memory flashed back to me. I remember as a little girl, my dad dragging me by the hair. The next few moments, I allowed him to hold me. And I got to tell that little girl who was hurting, she's beautifully and wonderfully made. I really don't know how my husband never gave up with me the first two and a half years I was working the program. I was not easy and I resisted forgiving him and others by building a wall of resentment. At this point, I could not see straight as my mental illness had gotten to an extreme high. I put on a ministry mask for years and became very silent about my needs. As I left ministry, God revealed to me the very trauma I was experiencing and creating in my walk as a ministry leader. However, I do not blame anyone who was on staff who just could not understand me. However, I want I wanted to blame someone, and so I just blamed God. If I can tell my church family one thing is this, I'm sorry for not speaking up for the help and support I really needed. I hurt many people with my actions and my words. For those I hurt or do not even recognize I've hurt, I want you to know it was not your fault. My life was spiraling out of control, and all I wanted to do was revert into that old, my old ways by running away from it all. And that's what I did. Four years of ministry that I loved passionately and I resigned. I regret not sticking it out. I was also running for my marriage too. I was that little girl again. It was like I wanted all the hurt to go away. But guess who prompted and called me? Scott. It was hard to hear him say things like, Don't give up on your marriage, Adelina. You can't run. I tried justifying my running away by just pointing the finger at my husband when I should be pointing the finger at myself. Matthew 7, 3, 5. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly 
to take the speck out of your brother's eye. This is when I realized trauma took over my life in an instant. And I was there again, running away from everything and everyone. This is where I do not underestimate the power of the eighth step. We made a list of all persons we have harmed and become willing to make an amends to them all. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Luke 6.31 And for the first time in my life, I knew God did not want me running away anymore. I talked to my husband about the hurt I was feeling about my marriage. And soon enough, God brought another person I trusted in my path. Pastor Tim was an answered prayer. Thank you, Tim. You were the person God sent to help me heal in my forgiveness, to point me back to my marriage, to the church, and ultimately back to the Lord. This is when I learned God loved me, and he was sending someone in aid every single time I was hurting. But you see, sin blinds us from that truth. I just needed to restore my relationship with the Lord so I experienced God for the first time. This pause happened during COVID-19 and it really helped me see God had other plans to heal and guide me on this path. In the next year of stillness, the true healing came in step nine. We made a direct amends to such people whenever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and then remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother then come and offer your gift, Matthew 5, 23 to 24. The power of reconciliation is what I learned and I took one painful moment at a, at, the, at a time. The Holy Spirit led me and soon I was apologizing to everyone. It started with my mom. One day the Lord prompted me to talk with her. The next day I just laid my heart out on the table as I scheduled a time to meet with her. I told her about the time when I was a little girl trying to reach for help. In an instant, she told me, stop, I'm sorry I was not there for you as a child, but I'm here for you now. And in that moment, we talked about my abuse. We cried and we held each other. That was the support I needed for a long time. It was a moment in my life I'll never forget. I love how God works in this program. Do we have a perfect relationship? No. But I know I have her support, and that means the world to me. After resigning from ministry, COVID-19 hit Stanislaus County. One random day, God placed my father at the front door of my home. And God has a good sense of humor because he sent him on Father's Day. <sighs> but due to his addiction and due to his unhealthy relationship, I soon realized the power of boundaries. I was able to have the strength to tell my dad I cannot have him in my life with the unsafe choices he was making. I knew in my heart it was the safe thing to do. Then I soon found out, weeks later, that he became extremely violent and relapsed. I thank God for saving me and for helping me see clearly that boundaries are okay and in fact this shows true love. But I'm not going to lie. It's hard to do this with your own earthly father. I grieve him every single day, but I do trust God in the process. In that moment, I told him, I love you, Dad, and all I can do now is pray that one day you put that drink down and see the loving Father who loves you. This now leads me to my abuser. This was only a few months ago, and I can't even describe how God gave me the strength when the anxiety tried to take over. 
As soon as I started, I realized he too had a story filled with many broken moments. I then told him, I forgive you for all the abuse you ever gave, you ever did towards me. I sat and cried on the phone in silence, but as he broke the silence, he asked something so unforgettable. He asked, how do you forgive me? To be honest, you really are giving me hope to forgive those who have harmed me. I then told him, it's because the Lord has already forgiven you and those who have harmed you. He then asked, how do you know God is real? I know the words that came out of my mouth were not mine. Words that God wanted him to hear. You see, he's a beloved child of God as we all are. We all have a story of pain or hurt, but God can really turn that evil into something so good. I pray for him every single day. Trauma used to define me, but it doesn't anymore. The Lord does. Yes. This now leads me to those I have hurt within the church. I started by making an amends with a pastor I love dearly. He's a brother, and I hope he truly knows today that I thank him for letting me say the things I needed to say to him. I'm thankful for the help he helped me with, my, with finding my voice. I thank him for giving me my voice to speak today and to proclaim the truth of who God is. I love you, brother, and you're doing an amazing job. I also want to thank my sponsor who loves and challenges me. Thank you for showing me that I can actually come up here and talk. <laughs> and thank you that I get to serve again. I never thought that would be possible. And I also want to, I also want to thank, or I also serve in leading the step study with amazing co-leader. I love you, Debbie. We're completely different, but it's awesome. And I just love how God does that. I almost thank all, I also want to thank all the ladies who are in that group. You give me courage to continue this reconciliation and keep me accountable. And I thank you for the courage you take each week. I also help facilitate a small group, which in turn keeps me accountable to Tuesday nights. Thank you, ladies, for all the courage you take each Tuesday. I also serve a part of the counseling ministry here at Big Valley. He has plans for me and is molding me every day. I'm far from perfect, and so I thank, I'm thankful for my sponsors who give me a whole lot of grace. Thank you for believing in me and for always keeping me grounded and real. To my sisters, there's too many to thank. My sisters in Christ, there are so many to count. You are such a blessing to my life. I have made the bestest of friends, and I'm forever thankful for the ways you loved me, even in the messy. I must include my brother Scott Stubborn, Scott Miller. Thank you so much for loving us for the very, from the very beginning of our recovery to the end of it. I love how you love broken people who just need Jesus. I also want to thank Pastor Tim for the opportunity to serve again. Thank you for loving me in the messy too. Thank you for always pointing me to Jesus and to help me continue in the mission field. I never thought this new ministry that we were in would ever turn into an evangelistic ministry. But God is in control. I see purpose and I'm so thankful he has placed me in ministering to others in the recovery journey. I also serve 
in another recovery ministry and continue the mission of reconciliation with our loving Father. To my family, my sister, my mom, and my stepdad, thank you for loving me in the mess I was, and thank you for the empathy you were able to display with me these past years. I also want to thank my counselor. Girl, you have blessed me, and you had your work cut out for you. Last but most certainly not least, thank you to my sweet husband for never giving up on me. I am so thankful for our blended family. I love my daughter so much, and I'm so thankful I I have learned the gift of grace with myself and with my teens. As I completed my testimony, God showed me his power. My husband heard the final cut, and as he sat with me, he told me with tears in his eyes, This is how I know CR is real. And to my husband, one moment at a time, he's turning your life around. To the first timer, I pray you know that you are never alone. God has you and is with you, holding you each step of the way. For we have a loving father who will never forsake us. I pray one step at a time, you see the presence of God in this worship center, within the family members beside you and in the rooms of safety. Thank you, CR family, so much. Thank you. I know there's not supposed to be crosstalk, um, so I won't, but really, a sweet husband? Come on. Um, I'm kidding, Larry. I love you, man. Hey, um, one thing I love is the fact that uh, we have people go through the program, and it's easy if you've been molested or abused to stay the victim your whole life. And uh, through Celebrate Recovery, we don't allow us to stay a victim. Um, We learn how to not be a victim anymore and how to take responsibility for our actions and walk through that process of forgiveness. And so, Adelina, thank you for being an example of that. She's around here, and so uh, as you see her at dessert or in between groups or whatever, make sure you encourage her from uh, what maybe touched your heart during her share. But we have group in five minutes. It starts at 740, so let's close our time with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen.